Good morning. Um, so most of you know me and probably have seen me since I've been about this tall running around. Um, but for those of you that don't know me, uh, my name is Brendan Gallagher. And I came here earlier this summer, like Mark said, and um, to speak to you about my trip to Africa. And so I'd like to thank you, um, first of all, for helping to support that trip and for allowing me to come back and speak about it today. <clears throat> um, so in Africa, there's a different language, I'm guessing, as most of you could have assumed. And so uh, something that I like to start out all of my sermons over there with um, just to sort of get on the same base with them so we're kind of connected on more um, on a better basis is a term that they use over there. They have a saying that goes, Yesu Wabwino Tommy Zonse. And that means Jesus is good all the time. And so the pastor would go up there and say, Yesu Wabwino, and the congregation would say, Tommy Zonse. So I'm sorry, I know it's a little bit early, but I'd like to try to teach you this. So let's see if we can... Uh, <laughs> Um, get this. So I would say, Yesu Abuino, and you're going to say, Tommy Zonse. <laughs> Ready? Ready to try this out? <laughs> Yesu Abuino. And so, Tommy Zonse. Yesu Abuino. <laughs> hey, that's better than I did. It took me at least a couple weeks to figure that one out. <laughs> um, so, if you'll go to the next picture. Uh, most of you recognize that face, I'm guessing. Uh, the trip started out earlier in the summer, and I got to fly down to uh, Georgia. And I stayed with Seth's family for a couple days, and they were amazing. They were a huge blessing. Um, I'm guessing some of you may have seen some of his posts and my posts, so some of this may be a little bit of uh, repetitive, so I'm sorry. Uh, but um, we had kind of a rough start to our trip. Uh, we showed up at the airport, and we were getting ready to leave. And since I was 17 at the time, um, I couldn't fly out without my birth certificate or a copy of my parents' licenses and an affidavit, and it was a mess. And so um, after a week's worth of our flights getting canceled and rescheduled and booked at weird times, uh, we were finally able to fly out four days later. And so um, the Ross family was a huge blessing as they watched over me the whole week while I was there, and, which was a lot more than they planned. And you know their kids are a handful as it is. <laughs> So if you'll go to the next picture, uh, we finally got off. And so this was um, almost 16 hours later. It was a 16-hour flight from Georgia to South Africa. And so this was right as we were coming over the coast of Africa. And you can see the desert, and it was unbelievable. This was like my first time flying. And so um, getting to have this experience was unbelievable as it was, let alone seeing Africa from the sky. And so when we landed, um, we stayed overnight in South Africa, and then we met up. We took another connecting flight to Malawi, where we met up with Dr. Joe and Rebecca and um, Rebecca and Rollin. And so this was driving from the airport back to the house that Joe and Rebecca had. And um, you'll notice there's people walking by. And this is like driving through a crowded city. And we're going 30, 40 miles an hour, and people are walking with an arm's length of the car. Like, we could reach out and, like, grab their shirt and... It was, it was, um, and we were driving on the left side of the road, with, which threw me off like the first week. He'd pull out, and I was like, we're going into traffic. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but like in the background, you'll see some of the buildings there, which um, just kind of sets the scene a little bit. Like 
the city that we were staying in was one of the nicest cities in Malawi, and um, the buildings in the background look like sheds, and those are a lot of the stores there. Um, and it was kind of surreal. A lot of the buildings that um, were in the city were surrounded with a six-foot wall, um, most of them covered with glass shards on the top or electric wire just to keep people from getting in and stealing stuff. And if they didn't have that, then they had little thatched walls just to, for anything just to keep people out. But um, that was definitely a huge issue over there. Um, so this was driving to the first village uh, on the first day. And again, these are some of the nicest buildings just to put in perspective. This was the nicest road that we drove on there the entire time, but a lot of the roads, uh, it doesn't look much different from ours, but like on the side you'll see ditches. Um, most of them were filled with just trash, and so there's just this smell that you can't really describe. And um, a lot of the roads besides this one were like driving through Yellow Springs like on hiking trails. Um, it, was, it was a little bit rough. <laughs> and so here, uh, here's at the first village, and it was unbelievable. Um, we got there and we pull up and we had to park a little bit away from the village because they were kind of on the side of a little mountain there. And so we parked and there's already like kids running up to see us and chasing the truck as we run in. And we can hear like people singing off in the distance and stuff. And so um, Seth, Kim, and I had to stop and take a picture of the kids. I mean, they're adorable. <laughs> but Dr. Joe, uh, he was ready to go. So we, we barely had time for one picture before we had to go and get to the service. Um, but yeah. And so during the service, each day um, while we were over there, we went to, a, almost every day, we went to a different village where we would um, preach and just um, form these relationships with people. And because Seth and, not Seth, I'm sorry, um, Dr. Joe and Rebecca have been going for about 20 years now. They have some connections over there. Um, so this, the main purpose of this trip is to help go over there and help continue to build those relationships with the people so that... Um, we may help reach out to them and support them and to help teach them the word of God and so that they may trust us because what's someone who comes every now and then just to tell them that you need to do this and then doesn't see him again. So we wanted to help form those relationships. And so um, this was a picture at the first village we went to. And so we go and we're getting ready to have our service and the church completely fills up. Like there's no seats there was, like in this row of seats, there would be 20 people. Everybody's just sitting there. The church is packed. And so this was around the church. There were people sitting around outside just to get close enough just to hear the message. Just, it blew me away, the passion and that they had and the drive to just come hear the message of God. And so uh, Kim and I, we, had a, we have a huge passion for kids. So each, in each village, we would take time and we'd go out and play with the kids just to, um, we, we took some toys. Kim said she felt like Santa Claus because she was bringing a big bag full of just school supplies and toys um, just to give out. And so we would go out there and play Frisbee with the kids and soccer and they would have a blast and they couldn't understand us. So <laughs> they would laugh at us and stare at us. We'd be like, hi, and they'd just be like. Or if we try to say something in layer language, they'd just die laughing and take off running. <laughs> and so um, that first village that we went to, uh, me and Kim, we went outside and we had a little service just for the kids, kind of like a little Sunday school. And this village actually had an orphanage connected with it. So um, there was quite a few kids. Um, but the heartbreaking reality of it is that three-fourths of the population over there has AIDS. And so 
um, all these kids, most of them are orphans. You'll see kids walking along the side of the street um, that are homeless, that don't have parents because they died of AIDS and HIV. Um, so it was a huge blessing to get to play with the kids. And here's another picture just to get to love on them a little bit and um, see their smiles. And there's a picture of the little orphanage connected with the church there. They used it as like a Sunday school sort of thing, um, which is amazing just to see the, the work and the outreach that they're doing in the area with all the kids, which was unbelievable. So um, not even two or three days in, we had uh, a bit of an interesting morning. We woke up, and we were getting ready, and we got um, all of our stuff together and put it in the truck, and we're getting ready to leave for the village, and we're already a bit late. And um, if any of you know Dr. Joe, he likes to be on time and <laughs> go. So he was, uh, we were getting ready to go, and we try to start the car, and it doesn't even turn over. And so we popped the hood, and the battery had been stolen out of it. <laughs> so we had, uh, that put us back a couple hours, and so... <laughs> You can see Seth in the background taking a picture, too. Me and him weren't exactly helpful, but Ron and uh, <laughs> Dr. Joe were figuring it out. <laughs> so um, I, at the villages, just to put this in a little bit of perspective, um, this is a bathroom. And this was probably about the nicest bathroom we saw in any of the villages there. Uh, just in, like, a little shed, not much... Maybe about the height of where this piano is. So you had to get in there and duck, first of all, just to... Yeah, so needless to say, I... <laughs> if you're in the village, you, you held it. <laughs> um, so uh, here's another picture from one of the next villages that we had gone to. And on the left, you'll see uh, me and Kim, we were walking to the village. We had to hike about half a mile, maybe... I don't know, it was pretty hot, but it wasn't too bad. And so being the young guy there, I was the youngest one, so I usually ended up doing all the um, harder work, heavy lifting, I guess. And so um, you'll see me carrying like a stack of Bibles in my book bag, and I didn't say anything because, I mean, we're in Africa on a mission trip. I was kind of thinking the whole time walking there, like, man, this is, this is a little bit hard. Like, maybe switch arms. Like, my arms getting a little bit sore. Man, my shoulders hurt from this book bag. But... On the right, you'll see a man um, who has club feet. And there were, that was not uncommon to see in the villages there. And they had walked miles and miles just to come and hear this message. Um, uh, biked, walked, anything it took just to come see and hear this message. And some people walked five, ten miles with conditions like that. And it kind of, I don't know, put me in a reality check. Walking about half a mile, carrying a stack of Bibles with a book bag on with my nice clothes and my Sperry's, and this man didn't have shoes. And he had club feet, and he walked a few miles just to come hear what we had to say. Um, so... Uh, a lot of the trip was work. Almost every day was going to villages like that and speaking. But we had uh, rest day every now and then, which was still work because <laughs> we were taking care of the house. But we had one chance that trip where we got to go to a, um, a, nature, a nature reserve. So we got to actually go on a little safari and see animals in the wild. And so the night before, we had stayed in this nice, uh, nice little hotel area. And that uh, was a sign right there right by the river of our hotel, which is something you don't really... 
uh, <laughs> see too often, so <laughs> we didn't want to get too close. Um, but that's in the morning. Uh, here's kind of a picture of our whole team. Um, on the left, you'll see Linda. She was a woman who lives there in Malawi. She was staying with us the whole time while we were there, and she was an unbelievable help. Um, she did a lot of translating for us. And you'll see Seth, Dr. Joe, Raul, and Kim, uh, Rebecca, and Kim. And it was just a nice, relaxing day. We got to wake up, and we went and had some coffee and played this game, and we went on a boat ride and saw all these animals. Um, it, was, it was really nice just to have formed these relationships with these people. And if you guys know Seth, but if you know Dr. Joe and Rebecca and, Rebecca and um, Kim at all, I'm sorry. Uh, they're just amazing people with a huge passion for the work of God. So it was a blessing just to get to spend this time with them. Um, so this is one of the more fascinating pictures I have from the whole uh, safari. Um, I show pictures of like elephants and crocodiles and stuff, but this one usually is what catches people off guard. Uh, if, you'll notice, if you'll notice, the uh, tree is white, but about halfway up, the leaves are like green. Um, the trees are all white from there down because they're covered in bird poop. <laughs> I don't know if you can see very well, but there's probably about 100 birds up in the top of those trees. And so from like midway up at the top down, all the leaves are dead and it's just white. <laughs> I was a little nervous like going underneath that. <laughs> um, so again, I'd like to say thank you for supporting me on this trip. Um, on the left, this is kind of what we did with some of the extra money that we brought in. Um, we went and we bought bales of clothes to give to orphanages, and a lot of the money that was given for this trip was to buy these bales of clothing and to buy grain and stuff to give to villages. And so these bales were about this big, and they were about 120 pounds each. And so we were able to buy a couple of them. And on the right, um, this was also kind of just a cool thing about the trip. That is the currency there in Africa, and... It's, they're called kwacha, and it's at a rate of about 720 to 1. So I think that's about $50 <laughs> there on the right. And those are like 1,000 kwacha bills. <laughs> so walking around, you literally had a wad of cash just. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so here, uh, it was absolutely gorgeous over there. Um, they didn't have the best living conditions. It was kind of rough. But like driving to the villages, it was an unbelievable view. Like um, in the background, that's a single mountain just with kind of foothills in the front. Um, that's Mount Malangi, and that's the third largest mountain of Africa. And in the front, it's just rolling tea fields. And we would drive around that mountain for at least half an hour, and I swear every 10 minutes you'd think you were looking at a different mountain. But it was the same mountain just because it was so big. And it was unbelievable, and it was a surreal feeling, just like reading in the Bible, the faith to move mountains. And like the most mountainous I've seen here in Ohio is like Kaiser Lake driving up the hill to the summit. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, having the faith to move a mountain, like, thinking about Kaiser Lake and the summit doesn't really put a lot of emphasis on it. But, like, driving around this mountain that literally looks like a different mountain every 10 minutes driving around it was unbelievable. Just, um, so, uh, as I had said before, we had rest days occasionally in between services. And so, on those rest days, Dr. Joe and I would get a lot done around the house. And so, um... This was one of our projects. We had taken two separate beds and taken some scrap wood and made it into a bunk bed, which I, I wouldn't want to sleep on it personally, but <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good time. We never really had more than an hour of downtime, but it was good to keep busy. So um, 
this in the background, you'll see a church. It had just gotten built last summer, I believe. And so we had stopped. We were on our way to Mozambique, and we had stopped to see this church. We just wanted to stop by and make sure the church was built correctly and, like, meet up with the pastor, just sort of a recap on the way to Mozambique. And somehow word had gotten out that we were coming. And so when we showed up, there was a crowd of at least 300 people. Your guess is as good as mine looking at that picture. Um, They had come from all over just to see us and, like, hear us speak. And we hadn't even intended on being there. Um, again, which just shows their passion for wanting to hear this message because, I don't know, it blows me away. And so um, about halfway through the trip, we made it over to Mozambique, and we worked with uh, three major pastors, Pastor Bango, Chaka, and Ineva. And it's hard to kind of point out, but the two pastors next to Joe, um, that's Bango, Ineva, and then there's a man in the sweater, and you skip one over, and that's Pastor Chaka. And these three pastors... um, they have, they're basically sort of bishops. They oversee an area of churches because of um, the country is so big. And so they each, they do everything together. They're as close as brothers can be. And it's unbelievable just to see and hear the work that they're doing. Like if you think of unity and passion and love, like these three are the people that you would see because they're constantly together. And each of them have a different trait that, perfectly like adds on to each other and it's unbelievable just hear about the work that they're doing um so here's a cool picture from one of our services there in mozambique uh, we had a lot of services like this we were either in um, little churches completely packed in or outside underneath palm trees and so we we're this was the service we actually had outside underneath banana trees in the middle of a village with again just an unbelievable amount of people it blew me away and so um, what we do, what they, well, what they do every year that they go, they stop in first at the Bible Society and they buy a bunch of Bibles. And so every village that they go to, they hand out Bibles in little tracks like these, which is written in Chichewa, um, their language, just spelling out like the, um, our doctrine and the key believings of the Bible. And it was, it, it's amazing the work that Dr. Joe has put into this, first of all, just so they can have one thing like in their hand with the key teachings of the Bible. And so in each Bible we stamp um, from Atlanta Bible College General Conference and write the year that we go. And this guy um, had a Bible from 2004 that was still regularly attending that church. And you can see how worn that Bible is, and he's got writing all over it. And it was cool just to see that what we're doing, they're not just coming and taking the Bible and going. and They're absorbing it all and they're taking it and they're building their own faith and they are diving into the bible and this guy has been coming since 2004 and again it's unbelievable their passion i might be yeah so in mozambique it was um we stayed in the nicest hotel we could find but it was kind of rough so Dr. Joe made a little, a short video just to show the um, reality of Mozambique. It's kind of quiet. Yeah, you might want to turn it up a little bit. It's kind of quiet, but. But here's the reality of this place. Okay. We have a little refrigerator. 
And then to wash clothes, here's the washing machine. Okay. Generally peanut butter and jelly and bowls. And there's some rehydrate. Oh, nice coffee from Malawi. And then here's our one-room scenario. Okay, where will I start? Let's start if I'm sitting on the bed. <clears throat> here's my nightstand. I had breakfast cooking. <laughs> Two packs and lots of energy. Then I have my Cipro that I've had to take because of the sinus infection. Then you always have some painkillers, a leave, and they're working out a bottle of water. And here's a complete staple of life. Let me show you. Okay. Yes, hand sanitizers. So I have my night bag on a chair and the keys to the truck right there. Well, basically, we live off of this pot. This pot boils water. And this fan keeps it close. Now, the nice thing about this room is that it is about 72 degrees. So, we can't live. Oh, look, look at these people. This is Anavasandi. This is Brendan Gallagher. Anavas came to wake us up about 7.45. And the, the chair squeaked, but it has nice new floors. Here's a window you can open and see outside. Well, you can see next door to the next building. And this is our bathroom. Ah, I'll close the doors. It does have a mirror. Oh, there's Joe. It has a window. It has a sink. It has a toilet. And it has a shower. <coughs> However, the shower hasn't worked since we've been here. I haven't had a bath for six days. Okay. So, we just get water from them. They bring water in a bucket. Or we can flush the toilet. I won't show you the toilet. You pour the water, about a half a bucket, immediately into the toilet and it flushes. I have about two more shades left out of my barbersol. Listerine. But the reality is, we don't have water. Which is kind of tough. But we do have power. So, the power is connected to the shower. It goes down into this array of wonderful extension cords. It heats the water, it has the fan, and we have a wonderful room in Mozambique, Malawi. Four minutes. So in uh, Malawi, we got kind of spoiled because Joe and Rebecca have a house there with water and um, everything that we can need. And so in Mozambique, it was a little bit different. <laughs> uh, like you said, we didn't have water the entirety of the time that we were there. They just brought us buckets that we had to use. Um, we lost electricity probably about two or three of the nights there. And so 
we lived off of like peanut butter, jelly sandwiches, and oatmeal if we had electricity. So um, it was definitely a bit uh, more challenging there, but the time in Mozambique was amazing. The people were unbelievable. And so while we were there, we had a little board meeting with the three main pastors. And so they wanted to send a message back to all of you. So here's that. Okay, we are meeting with the Mozambique board. This is Pastor Bango. This is Pastor Chaka. And this is Pastor Anemasandi. And this is Linda and Brendan sitting on, on the meeting. And so Rebecca and I are here. So we're going to ask Bango to give greetings and say hello to the people in America. Thank you so much, my brother Joe. Thank you for the help that you give us to build churches. Thank you very much. We are so overjoyed. We want to encourage you and we want to say thank you so much. Please continue helping us with the church buildings. Thank you so much for the church help that you give us. Thank you for buying us Bibles, which helps us to spread the message of the kingdom of God. Thank you for Thank you very much for feeding us. And then the young one of the family, only 47 years old. I never saw me. I never. I want to, first of all, I want to thank Jehovah. For keeping us all alive today. We've met yeah. you again, my brother Joe and sister Rebecca and Brandon. But I also want to thank my brothers and sisters there in America mm, for yes. helping our brothers here to come and visit us. Thank you and uh, keep on do, do, doing the good work so that together we shall run fast and uh, go out and preach the uh, gospel, the good news of the gospel. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters, all of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. So as you can tell, uh, they're very appreciative of all the support they received from over here. And um, it was unbelievable again just to see what they do with what we give them they they only have a couple little motorbikes and they travel everywhere across the country together on these back roads and just the passion that they have for spreading this is unbelievable um, so uh, when I was over there I I since I'm a soccer player I was able to relate on them relate with them on a different level um, so I since I couldn't exactly speak their language very much uh, 
I could just pull out a soccer ball and people would come flocking. <laughs> so there was one morning when we were on the way to a village and something had happened. So we were pulling over on the side of the road and we were waiting for a little while. And so I had just decided, I was like, okay, there's some kids around. I'm going to pull out my soccer ball. And I got out and I started juggling the ball around. And next thing I knew, there's this group of like 50 people around just playing soccer. It was amazing. And so um, this, these are all the guys that I was able to play with that day just to help um, it was cool just to be able to play with them and form a little relationship with them as much as I can without speaking their language. And so on the right, uh, that's a picture of the soccer ball that they use. Um, it, they find any cloth, any pieces of matches, or we, and they find any string that they can just to tie it all together. It's about this big, and that's what they use as a soccer ball. And... <laughs> As you can see the picture on the left, they're like any kid that you would see here. I mean, they're silly, they're goofy, they're rowdy, they're crazy, and they have so much less than we do, and they're still just as happy. And it, their joy, even with what they have, blows me away. And again, uh, here's a picture of um, one of the worship leaders at one of the churches that we had gone to. And so that's a homemade guitar that he has there with just a few... Um, just a few little strings going across and their voice in their worship was amazing like everybody like one person would start singing and everybody get up and start dancing and singing and it was absolutely gorgeous and um, I have plenty of videos of that but probably hours of it so I won't show all of that and so at the church um, we gave Bibles out everywhere like I said and so at this church that village they had actually the government was trying to not allow them to build a church there. And so um, the woman that Dr. Joe is giving a Bible to is the chief of that village, and so she fought the government just to be able to have this church built there. Uh, this church has only been built in the past two years, and it was a huge process of her fighting just to, have, just to be able to have this church there so they could have their worship service in an official place. And so, and if you'll notice on the ground, there's a few like white spots, and it's because they had bought the, right, the wrong type of concrete, because there's two types of concrete. And so when we had gotten there, um, they had spent at least 10, 15 minutes apologizing like crazy. They were so embarrassed that they had, uh, what they had thought wasted the gift that we had given them just because they bought the wrong type of concrete. So there's a few spots on the floor. And at the end of the service, they had brought up all, like, every village insisted on giving us gifts just for coming and speaking and for all that we do to them. And this was one of the poorest villages we had gone to, and this village brought um, by far the biggest gift. And it blew me away just... They were so embarrassed just at that little mistake they made that people make here all the time. And they've already saved enough money to buy some more concrete to replace part of the flooring. They're, they're doing everything they can, and they have, they're growing as people, and they're bringing people into the church, and they're using what we give them in a way that we couldn't imagine, and God is using them in a way that we couldn't imagine. And um, this village, by far, uh, I'll never be able to forget it. It was unbelievable. And this is at the same village. Uh, Dr. Joe, he's with um, Pastor Maxwell and oh man, the other pastor's name, I can't remember it, but 
they were like brothers. They, they were messing around during service. Uh, Dr. Joe liked to involve people during the service, and so he brought them up, and they were sitting there reading the Bible to the people. And it was really cool just to see the connection that they really have formed over time um, with the use of this trip. And so here's Rebecca speaking at the same church. Um, each of us spoke um, each of us spoke at different villages, and about halfway through when we went to Mozambique, when Roland and Kim and Seth left to come back, uh, it was about all three of us speaking every single day. So every day was just constantly speaking, speaking, speaking. And for someone like me who um, my knees start shaking when I get up in front of a class of 30 to speak in front of hundreds of Africans every day was a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, so this was the last day right before we were about to leave. And um, Rebecca, she finally, earlier in the trip, Joe and Roland had gotten ice cream, and they had gotten sick because of it. Uh, so at the end of the trip, she finally broke down, and she let us get some ice cream because we were all tired, and we needed a little bit of a treat. But if you'll notice, she was still just drinking a Coke because she didn't trust it. Um, but it was a nice um, kind of wind down and just be with each other type of thing. And so the two kids you'll see in the middle of the table, those are Linda's kids that she had brought out um, to be with us. And um, after this, I just have one short video. And so before that, I would like to tell you a little bit more about Linda. Um, so Linda, I can't say a lot of her story because it's her story and it's personal. But she has gone through everything you can imagine, from sickness to abandonment. And she had this good job. She's really educated, especially by any means, especially for over there. Um, she had been to school in Europe, and so she had this amazing job. She was a lawyer in the real estate, so she was making about the most money that you can um, hope to make over there, because their minimum wage, I think, they calculated it to making about $500 a year. And so Linda was actually doing well, and she had this nice job. And then through that job, she met Joe and Rebecca, and she quit her job so that she could devote more of her time just to helping the church and to being with people. And she is quite literally the centerpiece of everything going on over there. I mean, we were driving to villages, and she'd make, be making four or five phone calls just, to, um, just so we could meet up with the right people at the right time and just to make sure that we'd go where we needed to be. And she wouldn't take any credit for it, and so that's why I kind of put it upon myself to kind of brag about her a little bit. But she literally brings together the entire missions work over there almost. And it's unbelievable what she did. And so her and I grew really close um, during our time there. And she kind of took me in as her own son. And so it was amazing just to see her work and to form that relationship. And so um, each year she has sort of a women's conference where she helps for about a week or two. She brings, she invites all the women from all the villages. So she gets about 150 people at least every year just come to her own home where she helps teach them like survival skills and like how to sew and cook and like teach them how to read and write and so if they for a while if they learned how to read and write she would give them a bible as a reward and so she would help teach everybody these necessary skills and it's unbelievable just to see the work that she's doing and so um after this i have i have a short video of just how she sort of explains the gospel to the people over there in ways that they can understand so, there's that. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, all right. Um, I, I vision the kingdom of God message like this. Sometimes I use this illustration to tell the people when we go out there. Um, 
so that they can understand. Yeah. Um, I look at the. Um, you know, imagine that you're in the desert. It's hot and you're thirsty. Your feet are sore, and uh, the sun is burning your skin. And you walk for a long time, time. And then all of a sudden, you hear sound of water, a fresh stream of water ahead of you, and you see a big mango tree with beautiful ripe juicy mangoes on it. But there's a thick hedge of thorns around that mango and the stream. Then uh, what will you do? Will you just sit down there and say, okay, I give up, I die? Or will you try and break the thorns slowly until you get through to, to the stream and uh, to the mango tree? Well, I think you, you, you try to break through so that you can uh, go and eat the mango and have the water. Well, that would be my choice. So, likewise, it's, uh, imagine the kingdom of God being in this um, we have sinned um, through Adam and Eve. So what used to be a beautiful garden became now a desert. That's where you are, yeah? And uh, because of this, because of sin, you know, there had to be a consequence of sin. And uh, this is now the, like, the pain that we toiling, uh, sweating, and uh, that we have to, to endure. And this is a bush that's setting the mango tree in the water. So um, it's up to you, it's up to everyone to decide. Uh, I'll use my energy to break the thorns slowly until I get to the mangoes, or I'll just use my energy to toil around in the, in the sun and then in, end up losing it and dying in the sun, in the, in the desert. But I think we all want to go and uh, have the water and uh, the mango over there. So, in the same way, is how I see the gospel. You know, we should go through, even though we go through trials and at different times, we should not lose focus. We should always be on the kingdom of God, which in this case is the mangoes and the water. So, we, we should stay focused and break those stones. Until we get into the kingdom. Yes, something like that. Very good. So I'd kind of like to end this um, this morning with a sort of call to action. Um, I'd like to ask you to follow Linda's example. And her example is an extreme one. And I'm not asking any of you to quit your jobs and to devote all your time. Uh, you don't have to go to Africa or to Guatemala, but... What Linda did is she saw a need in her community, and so she um, provided. She sought after that need and after those people just to reach out to them. And so I'd like to ask each of you just to look this week into your community and see where there's a need. It can be anything small. It can be like this Christmas shoebox. It could be someone at work that may look like they're going through a hard time or the family that had the loss of their daughter this week. Um, but anything can make a difference, and I pray that each of you will take the time and to seek a need and to reach out. Um, so on that note, I'd like to pray. Dear God, I thank you for this morning, and I thank you for this opportunity to speak. 
Lord, I thank you for the chance that we had to go to Africa and for the work that you're doing over there and continue to do, and I pray that you'd be with that. Lord, I pray that you'd be um, with the people of this church and help us to reach out, help us to see the community as you see them, and help us to reach out with love and compassion. Um, I pray that you'd be with us this week and help us to get through, and I pray that you'd be with us as we deal through tragedy. In your son's name I pray, amen.